So here's a fun story. One time, me and Kevin went to Halloween Horror Nights, and while we were there, we naturally got talking about our underwear. Always seems to happen at a Halloween Horror Nights. Sure. But this is when Kevin first told me about MeUndies. Uh, I'd heard about MeUndies from a lot of people, but for whatever reason, Kevin was the one that really sold me on them, and I've made the switch, and I'm so happy that I did. They're so comfortable, they don't crinkle up. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like I'm wearing anything. Nothing at all. It's stupid sexy flanders. And they come <laughs> in, in great patterns that are super fun. Uh, right now, what am I wearing right now? Uh, oh, I got the Office on right now. The Office version, Dunder Mifflin. Nice, I got some wolves. Super fun patterns and super buttery smooth and just the most comfortable underwear I've ever worn. And we want you guys to enjoy MeUndies as much as we do. So right now, if you go to cultusplat.com slash MeUndies, that's cultusplat.com slash MeUndies, and click on build a pack, you can get 30% off packs of three, six, or 10. That is a good deal. It is a good deal. In fact, it's a great deal. So go get it. Get yourself some comfy ass undies and put your ass in some me undies. Splat members, it is time for another episode of the Summer of Splat. I'm your host, Taylor Bartle, here, of course, with my co-host, Kevin Nisgoda. Yo. How are you, sir? I'm enjoying summer. You know, just thinking about all those days that I didn't spend at camp as a kid. Did you not go to camp? I never went to camp once. Oh, I went to camp. I, can, I don't remember. I don't remember the name of our camp. It was fine. Camp Oogie Boogie. Camp Onawana. Uh, I hold it in my hearts. I Multiple hearts. God, the only thing I remember about camp is uh, this guy Lee taking a shit that was so bad we all had to evacuate the cabin. Oh my god. That's the only thing I remember of camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. It was. It was awful. Uh, before we get started, we want to thank you guys, uh, the people who submitted new Apple reviews. Uh, that does mean a lot. It helps us move up the rankings, helps us get discovered by more people. So thank you, those of you that have done it. Those of you that have not, what the fuck are you waiting for? Pull your head out of your ass. Yeah. Come on now. We're figure trying our best out. here. Yeah, figure it out. That's what I said. So the reason we're talking about camp today is because we are headed to Camp Firewood to talk about the 2001 comedy, Wet Hot American Summer. Woo! Uh, this is one of those movies that I was surprised to see as low as it is. Uh, yeah, right? It's like, way this is another movie, another movie where everybody I know loves it. I don't know one person who hates it. Even my wife likes it, and her and I don't like the same movies. Yeah, she hates everything. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> even you she doesn't listen to the <laughs> she doesn't listen to this podcast so I can say that <laughs> yeah the tomato meter score is 37% um, again one of our higher <laughs> for for what I know about the critics like I don't know if there's a specific group of critics that Rotten Tomato pulls from or if it's just like 
whatever they can find. But um, from what I know of the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, they they don't like goofy shit. And this is pretty fucking goofy. This is this is damn goofy. Uh, but the audience score is seventy five percent, so much higher. Much much higher, much better. That's that's be- that's right in the wheelhouse of where I figured this would you know land in. That's uh, that's double. It is double. The critics' consensus says that Wet Hot American Summer's incredibly talented cast is too often outmatched by a deeply silly script that misses its target at least as often as it skewers them. So like I said, silly, goofy, goofy shit. Yeah, and I mean, it's from Michael Showalter, who also starred in this. And, you know, if anybody knows him, he is a pretty, pretty silly guy. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of nonsense. Um, yeah, written by Michael Showalter and David Wayne, directed by David Wayne. Both those guys are guys that you're going to know if you follow any kind of comedy. Especially the late 2000-aught comedy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, God, David Wayne directed Role Models, of course. Yes, he did. That's okay. That makes so much sense. Because like half the cast from this movie is in Role Models. <laughs> right. A couple editions. Yeah, like we were talking about that. The other day, and I was like, "Dude, Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks are in t- are together in this movie, and then they're together in Role Models." Yes, and you was like, "One of them's named Beth." I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, Janine Garofalo is Beth in this one, and yeah, and Elizabeth Banks is Beth is Beth in the other one, yeah. and Beth the song is in both of them." That's right. It all makes sense now. It all comes together in a nice tight package. The funny thing is, this isn't nearly as goofy as the uh, the series is the Netflix series, the Ten Years Later and First Day at Camp. Yeah, that got real, <laughs> real silly. Yeah, uh, but we're not going to talk about that today. We're just going to talk about this original movie, which, according to IMDb, set on the last day of camp in the hot summer of 1981. A group of counselors try to complete their unfinished business before the day ends. What could that possibly be? And also, I was born in the summer of 1981, right near the date of this, when this movie takes place, actually. In the summer, yeah. Yeah. Do they do they specify the dates? Yeah, they say um, August uh, 18th, 1981, okay. which was actually my grandparents' anniversary. Well, mazel tov to them. Yeah, well, they're dead now, so. <laughs> so, so fuck them. <laughs> yeah, they can't celebrate anymore. <laughs> Um, not a bad consensus. It glosses over a lot of details, but. (laughs) The IMDb. Yeah. But still technically correct. Yeah. Technically correct, but there's just so much going on. The, uh, it would have to be about two paragraphs to kind of. (laughs) holy cap like two full paragraphs not like you know two sentence paragraph type things it's you know you're gonna have to at least put in like 300 words yeah i feel like uh like jumping ahead uh, this isn't something i would say in a normal flow of the episode but just like there are multiple times watching this where you go is this still the same day (laughs) (laughs) especially the montage because it's like morning afternoon night multiple times through the montage (laughs) But we'll get to but, the montage. But it is the same day. <laughs> yeah, it is the same day. And this, the montage... this entire movie takes place in one day. 
Yeah, it takes place in what twelve hours, basically, and then basically. a little bit the next day. Okay, so it's hot. It's I'm hot. sweaty. Should we dive in? Yeah, you look hot. You look sweaty. So you sweaty. Some hockey. You like sweat, don't you, Margaret? I do. <laughs> I told you to quit calling me Margaret, though. <laughs> okay, so uh, the movie opens to the song "Jane" by Jefferson Starship. That sounded so familiar. I wonder if somebody uses that as theme music today for a certain wrestling promotion that may or may not be based upon a character. It is the former and new theme song for the wrestler Orange County. Orange Orange County? Orange County? What the fuck? Orange Cassidy. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, We're off to a roaring start today. I can't wait to talk about the movie Orange County, though. That's a great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen that ever. Yeah, me neither. But so we see our counselors. They're all partying around the campfire. Um, and I love, you know, since it's camping and there's a campfire and stuff, of course, there's a guy playing an acoustic guitar. But he's playing Jane. <laughs> I, you know, I was, I was really, really hoping it would be Wang's. Love, take me down to the streets. <laughs> That's not Wings. That's oh. nobody. That, nobody sings that. <laughs> That's nobody. Uh, but yeah, the guy's like playing the solo on this acoustic guitar. <laughs> <laughs> They're all dancing in slow-mo freeze frame type things. Yeah. And then we see the boys bunk and there's all these 12-year-olds or however old they are. Uh, just encircling Michael Showalter and singing um, Jukebox Hero by Foreigner to try and get him to wake up. That would definitely wake me up. Yeah, I would think so. Um, Especially normally, if there were a bunch of children surrounding my bed. I'd have many more questions, though. I know. I'd wake up and be like, ah! <laughs> Did I commit a felony last night? What is what are the children doing here? Children of the corn! Yeah. <laughs> Thank God I don't have corn around me, just oranges and lemons. The children of Orange County. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the OC. Don't don't call it that. Uh but you know, I'll say normally when when a well known actor is in a movie, I tend to just kind of say the actor's name. But this movie, like, everyone becomes their character, I feel like. Yeah, they really do. And it helps that a lot of these, outside like a couple people in this movie, this is kind of like their, you know, kind of their main big break, I think, for the most well, part. Well, yeah, a lot of these people are from the state, which was a um, like a comedy troupe. Right. And so that's how most of them know each other. It's not like they're all, they were all big names at the time. No, I mean, um, David Hyde Pierce had uh, friends. Christopher Maloney had Frazier. SV. Yeah, or sorry, Frazier. Um, Christopher Maloney had uh, SVU. Um, Molly Shannon, I think. Was he already on SVU at this time? Yeah, uh, SVU started back in like the mid-90s. I know, but I didn't think he was on it when it first started. Uh, yeah, it was him and um, Mariska Hargitay were the originals. Okay. Admittedly, the original, the original um, Law & Order had other people. But, okay. Yeah. Um, Paul Ryan had Clueless and Halloween six. Oh God. Was that before this? 
I it think wasn't so. before this. Yeah. Or no, Halloween 4, sorry. Yeah. And everybody else outside of Molly Shannon, she had SNL, but everybody else, like, this is the first time, like, you know, me seeing a lot of these people. It was Banks, Ken Marino, Michael Ian Black, Bradley Cooper, his film debut, Amy Poehler, pre-SNL. Yeah. Yeah. But so my point was, I'm going to be calling these people by their character. So if you haven't seen this movie, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, go go watch the movie, then come back. Yeah, pause the podcast, go watch the movie, then come back. We'll start start anew. A uh, so thanks to technology, we'll still be here. All these kids home, are circling the- around. Can I finish? No, I want to ramble. <laughs> <laughs> all these kids are circling around Gerald Coop Cooperberg. Coop Cooper, not Joe Coop Cooper. <laughs> but it's not Kurt, it's not Cooper. It's Cooperberg. Because he, he had to make it extra Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we find out that it is the last day of camp. We find this out uh, through a, a radio broadcast done by Sam Levine of Freaks and Geeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, although, kind of jumping ahead, when we see the character, it's not Sam Levine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Sam Levine's voice. Uh, we see Andy, played by Paul Rudd, and Katie who I don't remember the actress's name. I had it in my mind and Marguerite Monroe. Yeah. This is probably her most well-known role. She she didn't really uh, explode in the way some of these other people did, but you've, you've probably seen her in a few things like, yeah, she's around. She was in mighty ducks. Yeah. I think her, her name was Moreau in the mighty ducks. If I recall correctly, (laughs) I think so. Uh, but they're making out, and Coop is watching them. And uh, Katie comes they up to make, Coop. Huh? They don't make out well. It's very sloppy. I guess that's how teens made out, though. Yeah, it's funny because, like, at, at the end of the movie, she talks about how she's only sixteen, and she's definitely in her twenties, at least. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's like twenty. She looks like she's twenty-five, which makes it even funnier on first day of camp when everyone's like in their forties <laughs> and they're pretending to be sixteen. That was awesome. Okay, I said we weren't going to talk about that. Oh yeah, no. That can Katie, be bonus content. Katie comes up to Coop and you know is making fun of him for watching them, and then says she's going to find him a woman. And he's like, "Oh, I guess I'll cancel that order of onions and Lindberger cheese then." <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> he's such a nerd. It's nerd. Nerds. Um, but then she like starts to walk away, and he's like, "I want you inside me." <laughs> she's like what was that he's like nothing hi <laughs> uh and then victor played by ken marino who everybody knows ken marino um i don't the only I thing i can think of at the moment is happy endings happy endings um he was in party down yes uh, he was also in role models <laughs> oh and burning love how can we forget burning love of I course love burning that show. Love. Was it a show or a movie? It was like it was a I show. Remember, it was a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he and in this, he's got like this afro, and he wears like a sleeveless crop top and tiny, tiny eighty shorts. Tiny. They might as well have been a speedo. Some of these dudes might as well have been wearing <laughs> speedos in this. But he comes up to Coop and he's like, "Does she want to fuck me? Like, she must want to fuck me. Why else would she be talking to you? No offense. None taken." We then see Beth 
played by Janine Garofalo, who goes next door to this guy who's off the, the camp grounds, I assume. It has to be because he's, so. he's staying in this cabin. And it's uh, it's Henry, played by David Hyde Pierce, Niles from Frasier. Oh, Niles. She goes to talk to him and he's doing like some gardening. She goes to shake his hand and he hands her this trowel. <laughs> and then like she like, you know, flings her hand and the head flies off and you just hear glass shatter. This is it's so many things in this movie are like blink and you miss it. Just goofy shit. That was probably added in post. Yeah, you see the trowel, the, the end of the shovel trowel thing fly off and it like lands in the grass. Yet you hear like pots breaking, like not like one or two. It's like. 10 pots, like all of a sudden <laughs> shatter. Like, where the fuck did that happen at? But Henry's like, do you work over at the camp? She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the camp director. How about you? And he goes, oh no, I don't work there. <laughs> and just like the earnestness, he delivers that line. Like, <laughs> like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so much of Henry's character is just, it's not off the wall, but it's just so, deadpan that it's so yeah it's funny. perfect like later the uh, it kills me when he goes can you wait here for 10 seconds and meet me by the by the, the picnic, picnic table, table. <laughs> um but no he says i don't work there and she's like i know i'm the camp director i would know <laughs> he's like oh yeah i teach astrophysics over at the college She's like, oh, you, you should come to the camp and, and teach the kids about space and stuff. And he's like, oh, no, I really don't think I, that, that I can. And she's like, no, come on, it'd be great. He's like, I said no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed within 250 yards of children. <laughs> he just suddenly gets so aggressive. So mad. <laughs> oh, we see a bunch of kids in the cafeteria and Henry finally shows up. And he asks JJ, he's like, hey, I'm looking for the the sci-fi nerdy indoor kids. JJ directs him over to where they are. And then we see Gene, played by Chris Maloney, who is my favorite character, possibly in all of cinema. Gene is a fucking stud. Gene is hilarious. And he's talking to Gary, uh, who is the guy that plays Wings. Yeah. Uh, I think his real name's 80 Miles. He's been, he's like that dude in the background of a lot of stuff, in like TV shows especially. It's like, you when you see him, you know. It's yeah. Like, oh, I know that guy. I don't know his name, but I've seen him in like 542 things. Right. But Gene is, you know, just lamenting how shitty all these kids are and how <laughs> he was in Viet goddamn fucking Nam. <laughs> he doesn't say it like that, but. But he says, you know, we need to make eight gallons of bug juice by snack hour. Do you know where the powder packets are? <laughs> like they're in the pantry over the sink right next to my bottle of dick cream. Wait, what? ignore that. <laughs> Carrie's like, did you say dick, dick cream? cream? He's like, no, I said stick team, you know, stick ball, stick team, whatever. <laughs> oh, his facial hair is on point for the whole film, too. Why did I call it out a film? This is a movie. Except there's a scene later. Or, I'll, 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 when, when we we'll get, get to it. I'll it. it. Okay. We'll get to it. Um, Beth goes and tells Victor that the Eagles need to go out on the river. I'm guessing the Eagles, the Eagles is one of the cabins or something. You probably, yeah. There's like no other part where they mention like the cabins having names or anything. 
No, everything else is like bunk two, bunk six, and all that oh, shit. like the boys' bunk and the girls' bunk. Yeah. But yeah, she says the eagles need to go out on the river. And, uh, you know, Victor doesn't want to. And she's like, all right, let me say this another way. The eagles are going to go out on the river, and you're going to take them. <laughs> we then see Susie and Ben. This is Amy Poehler and a young, handsome Bradley Cooper. Sexy Bradley Cooper. Just stunning. He's just dripping charisma and sex. Uh, twisted steel and sex appeal. That's right. But they come up and they say that they're going to do a musical from Godspell for the talent show tonight. And so they're looking people to come audition <laughs> again the same day. <laughs> they're having people come and audition. And Susie they're going to learn like, Godspell in a, in a day. Yeah. But Susie says, you know, be prepared, be enthusiastic, and leave your bullshit attitude and baggage at the door because we don't need it. <laughs> See, if camp was actually like this, I probably would have went to camp. Oh, yeah. I would have gone every year. Yeah, for sure. We just went camping in the woods with my dad and got lost on purpose. But anyway. That's not the same. No. It was a little survival training, just in case. Uh, we see Andy and Katie making out again. And she's just like, hey, when are we going to get to spend some time together? And he's like, you're smothering me. <laughs> and she says, I, she says, I just want to spend some time with you. And he says, my butt itches. <laughs> What'd you say? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he's talking about his butt itching. It's, it's not a code. No, it's, hey, save me a waffle. Yeah, and he's like, I gotta go finish my breakfast. And he's like flipping her off all the way back to the table. Like it's flipping like, her off behind dude? his back. It's like, she's the second hottest chick at the thing. You know, don't don't ruin this. Yeah, all she wants is to spend time with you. And you're just like, whatever, bitch. Yeah, it's like, at minimum, make out. Or no, probably at minimum a handy over the jeans. And yeah. And he's just like, fuck off. I want to have some waffles because you're smothering me. Yeah. And he was just like licking her neck, like trying to make out. But he was like literally just like being a dog and just licking (laughs) her neck. Like all again, he's just so sloppy. (laughs) Uh, It's we it's then time for morning activities. We see the the guitar player guy is teaching kids how to play guitar, but I love all the kids have these like metal guitars. Yes. It's like Gibson Firebirds and like BC Rich Warlocks and stuff. The the double bass. Yeah, my kid's got a double. Uh, We see Abby is teaching the kids aerobics. Uh, McKinley, who is Michael Ian Black, who is fucking hilarious. God, he's so good in this. He's good in everything. Yeah. He's taking kids up on a nature hike. But all the kids are playing video games. Like 80s video games. Did you, did you ever have anything like that back then? Like, you know, you're like King Kong, like mini arcade or. I had uh, the little uh, uh, Jordan versus Bird. Oh, nice. Or was Very it Magic? Nice. I think it was Magic versus Bird. Yeah. No, it was Jordan versus Bird because it was the McDonald's one. Okay. And it's just like, you know, the screen never moves. It's just like a little black figures that move. Yeah. And. Like nine times out of ten, you'd miss. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that game was not programmed to let you win at all. No, none of them were. No, it kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, we see Henry is teaching the kids some kind of science nerd shit. <laughs> Nerds. Uh, and then we see the arts and crafts room where Gail, played by Molly Shannon, is t- <laughs> talking about her divorce and she's like, you know, we, we need 
crayons because we're going to make decorations for the talent show. And they're like, well, there's only one crayon and it's brown. (laughs) (laughs) And this one girl's like, we could use markers. (laughs) Gail's like, I need you to not undermine me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Molly Shannon is so good at this. I mean, her character gets real creepy later, but she's just so good. And it's funny because Molly Shannon so often is like so like slapstick and over the top in her characters. Right. But but in this, she's so dry and it's so funny. It, it works so well. You know, she's not doing her superstar type thing. Right. It's just, yeah. It's no, she's so so good in this. Just because it's a little different from, like you said, from the normal slapstick Mo- Molly Shannon. Yeah. So Victor and um Oh God, what's the other guy's name? Jolo Neil. His name's Neil. Neil, yeah, Jolo Truligo. From Brooklyn Nine Nine, was he also in Role Models? Uh, he was in "I Love You, Man." Yeah, he was also in "Burning Love." <laughs> I just miss my son so much. Um, but Victor and Neil are getting ready to take the Eagles out on the river, and <laughs> Abby comes up, and Abby is the only girl that Victor hasn't banged. Allegedly. And so he's, uh, they're, they're, you know, talking and chewing gum together and stuff. And she, she's DTF. Very with much, DTF. With pretty much anyone. Which comes into play later. Yeah. She like grabs him by the crotch and he like floats up in the air. <laughs> when you're 17, I bet that would happen. And it's so funny because like Neil sticks his head out the van. And he's like, what's going on? Let's go. Like, just doesn't even notice that Victor is a foot and a half off the ground. Yeah, being held by his penis. That yeah. is more than rock hard. But he it's says, you know. It's obsidian at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, she probably just grabbed that and lifted him up like a lever. Yeah. Just like jacked him up like a car jack. Yes, jacked him up, not off. Not off. This is not sexual, kids. This is a, this is a fine podcast. <laughs> but he says, you know, he's got to take these kids to the river. And then once he gets back, they're... They're going to go to pound town. God, I love pound town. Great town. <laughs> Lots of pounding. Yep. Yep. Uh, we see Artie, who is the the radio guy voiced by Sam Levine. But like I said, is not Sam Levine. Uh, no. He calls, he calls himself the beekeeper. <laughs> Where's the fucking bee mat, beekeeping hat mask or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't keep bees. I try to make sure they stay alive, but I don't keep them about. Bees? <laughs> but McKinley comes in and is like, you know, have you showered all summer? And he's like, yeah, totally. He's like, you need to take a mm-hmm. shower. Okay. So our group all gets together and they promise that 10 years from today, they'll come back and they'll, they'll get back together and hang out. And they're like, all right, well, what time? And I'm like, it's 10 years from now. What are you talking about? What time? <laughs> And they're like, well, how, like maybe nine or nine 30 and Coop's like, well, okay, let's say nine and plan to be here by nine 30. And McKinley's like, if you say nine 30, you make it your beeswax to be here at nine 30. <laughs> and they're like, all right, fine. Nine 30. And he goes, good. Cause I have something at 11. <laughs> I'm glad he plans out his evenings 10 years in advance. 
Yeah, and he's like, I've already moved it around twice. <laughs> uh, we see the, the science kids, and one of them sees something in the sky, and he's like, is that a UFO? And Henry looks up, and he's just like, oh, that, uh, no, don't worry about that. <laughs> that? Don't worry about that thing. That little guy? I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Little guy. <laughs> we then see Andy eating lunch or breakfast lunch. I guess it's still his breakfast. Is this, are these it's his still, it's still breakfast. Yeah, he, he's slow. He, you know, he's not in a hurry to get anywhere. Would you say he's sloth-like? I would say he's very sloth-like. Hmm. Who else is sloth-like? Hmm. Sloth style. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, who else wears a denim jacket and aviator sunglasses? No, no, no. Some guy from wherever. Some guy from Orange County. <laughs> Some guy from Orange County, yes. <laughs> Somebody who is freshly squeezed. But Andy, this scene is so dumb and so goddamn funny. Yeah, it's completely pointless. Like, But it's hilarious. Yeah, he like finishes his food and then just flings his plate on the floor. Yeah, just like swipes it. Yeah, like a cat. Yeah. And Beth is just like, go clean that up. And he's just like, oh, seriously? And he just like throws himself down and picks up the plate, acts like it weighs 100 pounds. He's just like, oh. And then just like flops over to the fork. <laughs> Just the way that Paul Rudd acts this scene out is just so funny. He nails it. Nails it. Uh, let's see. We were then introduced to Steve, who I don't... I This is another actor who's just been in a hundred different things. For, yeah. His real name's Kevin Sussman, but yeah, he's been in Ugly Betty, Big Bang Theory, um, are kind of his big things. Um, but yeah, he's like a dude who literally has like an IMDb that goes forever. Yeah. But he is this like super weird loner guy who talks like a robot. Uh, JJ and McKinley come up and try to talk to him. And he's like, I have been programmed by my galactic master not to talk to earth denizens of classifications. JJ and McKinley is What the fuck was it with like the eighties and people assuming they were like robots or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I or aliens. It just seemed like a thing. Is it Heaven's Gate? Cause it, Heaven's Gate, yeah. Maybe that's that was why. the 80s. That yeah, was maybe, the 80s. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They all drank Kool-Aid and died in their bunk beds after they cut off their penises and other things. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we see Beth asking Katie for advice on picking up men. She's like, if you were going to like flirt with a man, what would you wear? Like, Like pants? <laughs> and katie's like pants what are you talking about she goes i don't like like nice slacks like pants but beth or uh katie tells her you know she's gonna help her make her over and stuff we then see out on the lake uh there's this gross ginger kid who asks andy if he can take the speedboat out <laughs> <laughs> gingers are gross and andy's just like yeah man whatever just gas it up before you get back <laughs> <laughs> Where's the kid gonna fucking cast a boat up on like a a lake in Maine? Yeah, I don't know. But I love like Andy's talking to JJ and um Lindsay, played by Elizabeth Banks, walks up and JJ just like gets up 
and just walks to the end of the dock and just falls face first into the water. I was like, every time I was like, oh, he's not going to walk into the water. And every fucking time he walks into the water and face plants. <laughs> but Lindsay comes up and asks Andy what he's doing. And he says, oh, I'm just writing in my journal. My journal. <laughs> She's like, your what? Oh, your journal. <laughs> and they start making out. And we see that the ginger kid is, is drowning. I don't know how he got out of the boat. Like you were in a speedboat. Why are how are you drowning? He, he parked it at the dock and then he tried to jump to the dock, but he missed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Andy's just like, you're fine. And then we just, you know, we see the kid go under and the bubble stop. And then this yeah. other kid is like, oh, no big loss. <laughs> uh, this other kid is like, Andy, have you seen my swimming buddy? And <laughs> so Andy, he, he's, he was making out with Lindsay. I don't remember if I said that, but they were making out and he's like, hang on, I got to take care of this. And so then we just see this van driving down the road and through voiceover, the kid's like, where are we going? And he's like, oh, we're going to a secret pizza party. And the kid's like, oh, great. I love pizza. And then we just see the passenger door open and the kid flies out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've wanted to do that to so many children in my day. <laughs> and this is why I do not have children. <laughs> Uh, thank God for everyone for that. Yes. The world is a better place. Uh, Beth then comes up to Henry. Her new makeover is literally just her hair pushed off to the side. Yep. <laughs> After she got the moose, you know, the... No, what you put in your hair. <laughs> like 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 a moose? Like a moose? <laughs> but Henry says, Sarah you know, Joe. I like... Henry says, I like the new look, Trey Chic. She says, thanks, Henry. And he goes, please, call me Henry. <laughs> <laughs> there's just like parts of this movie that are just like so slapstick like you know you could like put it into like airplane or like top secret or something like that and it just works and like the rest of the movie is just like you know normal like you know teen comedy but like with like Janine Garofalo like everything's like you know on the slapstick level for the most part yeah but a lot of it's so subtle very very subtle like you have to pay attention to it for sure but so um, Beth decides she's going to go into town to find a book on astrophysics <laughs> so that she can that she can impress Henry. Kevin knows what's coming. I fucking love this scene. I love this scene so goddamn much. She she's in the truck and she's getting ready to go go downtown. And Nancy, who is her assistant or something, um, not like personal <laughs> assistant, but like her assistant director. Right. Yeah, and she's also like the nurse, I think. Yes. Yeah. She comes up and she's like, hey, if you're going into town, can you get me something? My husband's coming tomorrow and I need some lube for my pussy. <laughs> she's like, okay, yeah, no, I got it. Uh, but then McKinley, Susie, Katie, Coop, and JJ all go and they jump into the back of the truck. They're like, oh, you going downtown? Let's go. So they, they go into town and they like go and they get some ice cream. And so we see him eating some ice cream. We see Susie and Katie are smoking cigarettes and Beth comes up and is just like, what are you guys hey. doing? And they're like, oh no, we're busted. Just kidding. Ha <laughs> ha. Have a cigarette. Yay. And they're all friends. 
Uh, Coop comes out of a grocery store with some beer. We don't know if he bought it or if he stole it. I mean, they're supposed to be 16, so assumedly he didn't buy it. But Who knows? It was the 80s in Waterville, Maine. That's true. It's uh, like some some black stripe. Yeah. Some high quality. Uh, We see him smoking a little bit of weed. And then we see him go into an alley (laughs) and buy buy a big ass thing of Coke from some sketchy dude. (laughs) They bought like two fucking kilos of Coke. And Katie just shoves her whole nose in the bag. Yeah. Uh, We then see them mug an old lady. We see JJ and Beth (laughs) mug an old lady. They steal her purse and throw her into the bushes. We then see them all hanging out at at a heroin den. (laughs) They are very strung out. Very strung out. Shooting up with some guy. Uh, We see people smoking crack in the corner. They're all they're like all like uber dirty now like they've been there for like two weeks without yeah. showering. But then we cut to them showing back up at camp and Gary's just like, hey, how was town? And JJ says, it's always nice to get away, even for an hour. <laughs> so all that happened in the span of one hour. Uh, uh, yeah, a lot happened in that hour. <laughs> They got very clean within that hour. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Victor and Neil driving. Was this the same van that Andy pushed the kid out of? It looked identical to that van. <laughs> How did that happen? That's a good question. I didn't think of that until just now. I think it was identical. I'm going to go back and see if there's like a license plate on it, if it's matching license plates. I mean, the budget couldn't have been much. They probably didn't couldn't afford more than one van. <laughs> The budget was $1.8 somehow. Really? Yeah. That's a lot more than I thought that it would yeah. be. A lot more. I was expecting like one hundred and fifty k, Right. But Victor tells Neil that he is actually a virgin. <gasps> Neil's just like, no, dude, you're like the coolest guy. You've been with hundreds of women. Victor's like, well, no, it's more like zero. And Neil's just like, you're a loser. Loser. <laughs> Just snaps and turns on him like that. Yeah. Um, we then see Gene and Gary. Uh, Gary is peeling some potatoes. Uh, and this is the part where does does Gene have a fake beard right here? Yes, he does. Why? I don't know. But it's definitely a fake. Like, did Chris Maloney, like, have to go back to SVU and, uh, like, had he shaved it off and then came back? Or? I am guessing so. Yeah. Like, I was watching it and I was just like, what's going on with his facial hair? Yeah. And, like, his sh- sideburns and, like, everything changes, too. Yeah. So, he yeah. Had to go back to, like, SVU and refilm. Yeah. Um, But... Check your text messages, Kevin, because I think it's time for another oh. round of Splatterpiece Theater. Oh, hey, it's formatted this time. Uh, I will be playing Gene and you will be playing Gary. Okay. You listen to me, Mr. Kickass, Mr. Rubber Burner. You wipe that hotshot grin off your face or I'll shoot it off you. You got that? Now finish up them taters. I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. Come on, What? Finish up the taters. Then what did you say? Then what did I say? 
You said you were gonna go fondle your sweaters. I... No, I didn't. I said I'm gonna fondue with cheddar. I was thinking about making fondue with cheddar cheese for dinner tonight. No, Gene, that is not what you said. It is what I said. Fondue with cheddar. Okay, fine. Okay, see you later. See ya. I'm just gonna stop by my bunk for a real quick sec. Maybe you should talk to him. To a can of vegetables. Yes, that last line was delivered to a random can of vegetables. Mixed vegetables. <laughs> K-peas, carrots, I think green beans. God, fuck, that's so gross. <laughs> uh, we see that Artie still has not showered. And not only that, but none of the cables on his radio mixer thing are, mi- are plugged in. <laughs> we shouldn't know what that stuff is since, you know, we are podcasters. And we're on episode, like, what, 20 now? (laughs) Hey, we use plug-and-play mics. That's true, we do. Uh, We see Gail again. And at this point, all arts and crafts have been put on hold for Gail's therapy session. (laughs) And this is when it starts to get creepy. Yeah, she's venting to these kids. uh, this This one kid in particular, I think his name was Aaron. Aaron or something like that, yeah. Yeah, but he starts giving her a back rub, starts rubbing her shoulders. (laughs) Your hands are like magic, or mini magic. (laughs) (laughs) Mini magic. Back at the river, uh, Victor and Neil and the Eagles are now rafting down the river. And Victor says, you know, he's got to go. He's got to go back and, and bang Abby. And so he, like, jumps out of the boat. Wait. No, no. He, he, we're not he at left that part yet. Yeah, he yeah, left no, before he, they got in the river. Right. They're, they're getting ready to get in the river, and he tells Neil he's got to go back. And so he gets in the van, and he's driving off, and he crashes right into a tree. And he's, like, not wearing a seatbelt, and he hits this tree at, like, 50 miles an hour. And, like, and he's just fine. The thing, the thing that is, he's, like, driving at, I don't know, 40, 50 miles an hour, and all of a sudden he's just like, Whoa! Like, nothing happened. It wasn't like There's something nothing in, the road. in the road or anything. He just all of a sudden veers off the road and hits a tree. And um, again, he's like perfectly fine for not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah. But he, he gets out and is just bleeding and bruised, but he just starts running. He's got to make in it his back to Abby. Sand- yeah, in his sandals. Uh, meanwhile, Abby is in her bunk and Gary walks up and he's like, Oh, Hey Abby, I thought this was a different bunk, which is such a ridiculous statement. If you stop and think about it. (laughs) Well, when did you think it was Gary? But they start making out and she like takes off her shirt and they're going at it. Good for him. Good for him. Good for Gary. At least it's not, (laughs) you know, you know, pasta that eventually leads to pussy. He just went straight for it this time. (laughs) Now, this is where Neil jumps out of the boat. Yeah. Leaves the kids. <laughs> because he says that uh, only Victor knows how to navigate these waters because he has the map and he took it with him. And so he jumps out of the boat. And there's just this motorcycle at this campground, camp spot nearby. Yeah, just a prime fucking Harley. <laughs> yeah. So he, like, gets on that. And he starts... Uh, he, first he says... Don't worry, kids. I'll bring back. I'll bring Victor back, dead or alive. And they're like, alive. 
we want him alive. (laughs) (laughs) And so he's, he takes off and he sees Victor running down the, the road and he starts chasing him on this motorcycle and somehow Victor is outrunning him. <laughs> For miles. For miles. Until finally there is a single hay bale in the middle of the street that Victor yeah. jumps over like $6 million man style. It's like, no, 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 no. But there's such a long pause before that. And he's just like, oh my God, he's coming down the street. He's going to get me. Yeah, he like stops and looks, looks around like, oh no, I have nowhere to go. There's 10 feet of road to this side, 10 feet of road to this side, <laughs> but I... Ah! <laughs> yeah, he jumps over and then Neil comes up and he just like stops the bike and he's just like, ooh. And I love how it showed the stuntman. Like they just like focus in on the stuntman doing this stunt of like sliding the bike over. Yeah. And it but kind again, of looked like Michael Showalter doing this stunt. <laughs> again, there was... Th- 10 feet on this side of the bale, 10 feet on that side of the bale. He could have easily gone around, but he's just like, yeah. he's like foiled again. Yeah. Curses. 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 Uh, we see JJ McKinley and Gary watching the girls go swimming, strip down to their swimsuits. Uh, McKinley is like, I, you know, I, I don't want to do this. I got to go. And the other guys are like, man, he gets so uncomfortable whenever we talk about sex. And Gary's, Gary's like, he needs to experience the ultimate. And JJ says, penis and vagina. <laughs> Gary says, no, dickhead, sex. <laughs> and so JJ and Gary start talking about hooking McKinley up with somebody and who they should hook him up with. And then they're like, secret handshake? And it's just a regular handshake. And they like bring up like nine girls named Debbie. <laughs> Uh, we then see that McKinley is actually getting laid at this moment with Ben in the shed. Oh, hey now. Uh, now it's time for this big softball game. And <laughs> he's talking to the kids and he's like, look, kids, we had a kooky training period where it seemed like nothing was going to go right. But guys, somehow we made it to the finals. And now you know what we're going to do? We're going to give it our best shot and then we're going to come from behind at the last minute with some weird trick play that we made up and win the game. What do you say? And this one kid is like, kind of sounds like well-worn territory. <laughs> so like, it's like, yeah, the whole thing sounds kind of trite. I say we forget it. <laughs> and then like this bus rolls up and Coop goes and talks to the, the bus, comes back and he's like, yeah, they, they get it. They're, they're, they're totally on board. And it's funny because this is the only mention of Camp Tigerclaw in the movie, even though they become a much bigger deal in the series. Right. Uh, We then see Ben and McKinley getting married in the river with Beth doing the ceremony. JJ and Gary follow him and they're like, oh, man, McKinley's gay. They don't they say a term I'm not going to use, but no, they they say the uh, English word for a cigarette. Yeah. They're like, McKinley's gay. What are we going to do? And, uh, you know, you're kind of kind of going, ew, really, guys, this is, you know, this was 2001, you know, we didn't tell us another time. Yeah. <laughs> Not defending it, but, you know, gay jokes were still very, very prevalent in everything. Yeah. Uh, we then see Steve using a chicken as a gun. <laughs> that was so fucked. That was the calmest chicken I've ever seen in a movie, too. Seriously, he's got this live chicken. He's holding both its legs with one hand and then, like, 
cupped the under throat. his chest with a with a with yeah. the other hand, and he's just like pew pew pew, like full recoil and everything, like just jerking this chicken around. Yeah, again, jerking it around, not not choking it, not jerking it off. No. Oh, that, choking the chicken. I get it. Yeah. You don't want to jerk a chicken off. You know how hard that is. No. I assume. No, I, I assume really. I assume really hard. <laughs> But Beth comes up and says, you know, hey, Steve, have you made any friends all summer? And he's like, no. She's like, is this your first summer here? And he goes, it's my fifth. You were my counselor three times. (laughs) But Beth talks him into joining the talent show. Susie gets all mad and she's like, fine, I'll put him on last. And then she keeps like throwing her clipboard on the ground and Ben goes and picks it up. And she's like, stop picking it up. (laughs) Ben's such a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, we then see Henry talking to the kids and they you know, talk about him being a professor. And he's like, actually, kids, I'm an associate professor. <gasps> and they're like, what does that mean? He goes, it means I'm less than. <laughs> and they all start crying. <laughs> Beth comes up and she tells the nerdy kids that they need to go watch the capture the flag game. Um she says, you know, if you go watch the capture of the flag game, then you can have the rest of the day to learn about. And then she spouts off a bunch of science words. Science things. Yeah. They yeah. Do science with. But Henry is clearly very impressed with her newfound knowledge. Uh, and he's like, I don't know how you find the time to learn about astrophysics with your bookkeeping and your payroll. And he starts naming off all these camp directing things. So she's very impressed by that. Getting all nice and moist on both sides there. Yeah. Very. Uh, it's now dinner time. Everybody's having barbecue. Lindsay walks up to Andy and her face is just covered in barbecue sauce. She's got a crimson mask of barbecue sauce. Yeah, Ric Flair did not have that much blood on him sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you get this much barbecue sauce on your face. And not be a child. But she's 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She wants to make out and Andy's just like, you got shit all over your face. And then Gene, Gene just like looks up. He's got a burger bun in his hand and this burger, this burger patty just flies out of nowhere. And just <laughs> <catches> it. <laughs> so good. Um, Beth is talking to Henry and she's talking about how talented he is. And he's like, well, you know, tell that to my Dean. And she's like, okay, what's his address? <laughs> what's his name? What's his address? Does he have an apartment number? And he like just gives it like, are you really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I can't believe this. But then they they kiss and Beth plays. Beth, I hear you calling, but I can't come home right now. Uh, we see we see this random Kenyan guy is playing capture the flag and like <laughs> running, just, uh, obviously faster than everyone else because not only is he from Kenya but he's an adult. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, now Andy and Lindsay are on a boat. They're making out and this kid is skiing behind them and they, <laughs> they, they look up and they see that the kid has fallen in the water and just the, the rope is, you know, bouncing on the waves and they look over and there's this other kid sitting in the boat with his life vest on cut to the van <laughs> driving down the road. <laughs> Passing your door opens, kid flies out. (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it. <laughs> we then see Coop and Katie. Uh, they're in a goat barn of some kind. Yeah, that was weird. Like, well, because Beth told Coop to go clean up some goat shit. Oh, that's right. I don't know why that led him to the goat barn, but but Katie, you know, drops the big hint where she says, "Oh, it's so cold," and Coop's like, "Yeah, Ooh. it's freezing." And Katie says, "Do you want my hoodie?" He goes, "Actually, yeah." <laughs> he takes his like little pink hoodie and like wraps it around his shoulders, and she's like, "Okay, now I'm even colder than I was before." And he goes, "Do you want my flannel?" She's like, "Yeah." So he gives her his flannel. So he's wearing her hoodie. She's wearing his flannel. And then he's just like, actually, that's my favorite shirt. You're going to have to give it back. What now? <laughs> but they kiss, which is all Coop has ever wanted. Because I guess we didn't really address it, but Coop is in love with Katie. Yeah, it's pretty obvious how in love with Katie he is. Yeah. Uh, the, the kids are now role-playing Gail telling her ex-husband it's over with Aaron playing the role of her ex-husband, Ron. Played by Tudor Friedlander, which we see later. Yes. Yeah, without a right? hat for the first and only time ever, I think. I've ever seen that dude without a hat. Uh, Coop calls his parents and t- tells them about Katie. He's like, you know, I know you worry about me meeting girls. Well, worry no longer. And you hear him say, she might be. She's got a pretty big nose. Yeah. <laughs> Which, knowing the comedy, you know the question was, is she Jewish? Yep. And uh, the director went to this camp called Camp Moden in Belgrade, Maine, and it was a Jewish camp. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that what this is based on then? Yeah, along with uh, Meatballs, Little Darlings, Sleepaway Camp, and Indian Summer. Oh, wow. There wasn't enough horror for this to be based upon Sleepaway Camp, though. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we see Katie talking to Andy and looking sad uh, as Coop walks in the door and he's just like, oh, this is happening. Like, you're breaking up with Andy to be with me. Got it. Sweet. About time. Back in the cafeteria, I have no idea what meal we're on at this point. (laughs) It's got to be lunch, right? It has to be lunch. There's just people in the cafeteria at all times, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And none of them are the fat kids. There's really no fat kids in this. Yeah, not really. There's there's uh, Moose, the kid who like yells out the the morning announcements like a like a moose. Um, <laughs> he's kind of chubby. That's true. JJ's he, also kind of chubby. Yeah, but he's a counselor. I wasn't counting him as one of the kids. Oh, Plus, there's point. there's Artie, the beekeeper. He, he's, he's a little. He, but none of them are like unkempt. fat. Yeah, none of no. them are fat. Unkempt. We'll call it that. Let's use a fancy word like unkempt for these children. Sure. That has nothing to do with their weight, but. True. You know what? It's been a long day. (laughs) But JJ and Gary walk in and they're like, hey, McKinley and Ben, this is for you. It's a Chase Lounge. And so, like, all that part where we thought that they were being homophobic and everything, it turns out they were actually being supportive. Aww. They brought it back. And they brought it back in a good way. Uh, So then Beth comes in and she's like, all right, the following kids are going to be on the early bus tomorrow, so make sure you get your stuff ready. And I swear that they just, like, 
told Janine Garofalo, go out there and say, make up some names. Yeah, I think so. Because she's literally like Amanda Klein, Jessica Azaria, Ira Stevenberg, Saul Zimmerstein, uh, David Ben Gurion. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the way she's delivering them. Like she has no idea what she's going to say next. No. But Gene is in the kitchen and he's like, all right, I'm going to go smear some mud on my ass. And all of a sudden the can of vegetables starts talking to Gene. And it's the voice of H. John Benjamin, who of course is Archer, Bob Belcher. The guy uh, in the the, um, Arby's commercials. I was just going to say the Arby's guy. He has the meats. But in this case, he has the peas and the carrots and the the chopped green beans. He has the veggies. Although that's not H. John Benjamin that says that. That's Ving Rhames. That's true. Uh, But he's the can of vegetables is telling Gene, he's like, you know, if look, if you if you want to smear mud on your ass, then go smear mud on your ass. Like, look, I can suck my own dick. And I do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, We then see Katie telling Coop that their, their kiss was a mistake. And, you know, Coop says, no, it wasn't like, I, I, I love you. I love the way you laugh. I love the way your hair smells. And I don't care that you're bow-legged and bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he care that she's bilingual? Maybe he doesn't like smart girls. I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe. How dare you learn a second language, you bitch. <laughs> Uh, Beth is still spouting off made up names and Gene comes up and says, you know, Hey, can I make an announcement? And he says, I just want to thank everybody for a great summer. Hope everybody enjoys the rest of your year. Thank you for letting me cook for you. I'm going to go hump the fridge. And like, everyone's just like, okay. And he's like, that's right. I said, I'm going to go hump the fridge. I also own a can of Dick cream and I like to fondle my sweaters and smear mud on my ass. And I just want to say that uh, he holds up the can. And he's like, you know, my, my friend here, I don't know who he is, but he taught me to be proud of who you are. So kids, I want you to be proud of who you are. I did it, Ma. And then Gary wheels in a fridge. And Gene just like gets on and starts humping it as Gary wheels him out of the room. <laughs> it's not even out of the room they're outside <laughs> and like the entire time it's like this is funny but logistically wheeling a full refrigerator through the grass is going to be a pain in the ass <laughs> so a few years ago uh, me and a bunch of my friends dressed as the cast of Wet Hot American Summer for Halloween nice uh, Tony was Andy hmm his wife was Katie. Choice. Okay. Uh, his sister was Beth. Okay. Her husband was Henry. Nice. I was Jean. Very. Oh, I remember this. And Lynn was the can of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will post photos on our social media so you can see our our, um, our costumes. But I did hump the fridge. So. Thank you. Is there photos or videos? There are photos of me humping the fridge. Nice. For research purposes. (laughs) 
Uh, we see JJ McKinley and Gary go into the little radio station, grab Artie and just carry him to the showers and start bathing him, which seems inappropriate. Very inappropriate. And they all come out not wet. (laughs) Wasn't there a, in on the episode, always sunny when Charlie got the job at the, um, at the high school with Dave Foley was the principal. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't Dave Foley tell him, please don't bathe the children. (laughs) Yes. I think he said it like a couple times. <laughs> you know, if you work in a school and you're not like a special ed teacher, do not bathe the children. <laughs> Even if you are a special ed teacher, I think that's out of your scope of, like, I don't think that's in your job description. It, it depends. Yeah. But yeah, just rule of thumb, never bathe, bathe the child. Even as, if it's your own, you can get in trouble. All the kids are cheering, though. Yeah. yeah they're super happy because he, he, that kid must have smelled. He had to stink. Uh, we see Beth and Henry taking a nice walk around the lake. And Beth is just like, you know, what's what's going to happen to us tomorrow when camp's over? And he's like, tomorrow is the least of our worries. And she says, don't tell me you have crabs. <laughs> Henry goes, no. Yes, but that's not the point. <laughs> This is the part where he says, I'm going to need you to meet me at the picnic table in 10 seconds. And then he just walks off frame. And then she just like takes a step to the side and there's the picnic table. And all the kids are already there with their telescopes. And he's like got a jacket on. He's got his science jacket on. Yeah, his his lab coat. That's what it is, a lab coat. Science jacket. I'm not a scientist. How am I supposed to know what this shit is? (laughs) But... Henry tells her that they saw a piece of Skylab heading for the camp and uh, it's, it's going to crash right into the rec center. So they decide they're going to make a Skylab tracking device. (laughs) Which consists of spam and donuts. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Coop goes to Andy and he says, you know, do you, do you love Katie? And Andy's just like, no. And he goes, well then you should break up with her because you know, I'm in love with her. And Andy tells him to go fuck himself. And then Michael Showalter just decides to do his best Laurel and Hardy routine or something. Like, Yeah. He runs out of the room, steps in a bucket, then falls <laughs> in a kiddie pool, kicks the bucket off, and the bucket lands on his head. Just need some people just running in the background, like entering one door, coming out in another. You know? <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but we see Coop. He you know runs away and he's crying. And Gene comes up to him, and he's like, "It's not about the girl, but it is." I don't think Gene Moore came up to him as more as he appeared. He just appeared out of nowhere. Yeah, like like right on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, just like. <laughs> Sticks his head over Coop's shoulder. Hey, now, what are you doing? But so, you know, Coop's like, I get what you're saying. It is, and it isn't. And Gene just nods. and He's like, you are ready to be taught the new way. <laughs> and Coop's like, tell me more about this. What is it? New way. And so here's our montage to a song that I, th- I think it was written for this movie called higher and higher, which is just a great fucking song. So good. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Craig Worden and Theo Shapiro. There you go. 
It's like, show me the fever into the fire. What? What 80s montage lyrics didn't have to make sense. Um, Take it to the limit. Still the ultimate montage song. Oh, yeah. That and, you know, uh, you're the best around. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. I don't sing key. (laughs) So Gene is teaching uh, Coop some like dirty dancing style dance moves. Um, They're doing like the Mr. Miyagi thing where he has to take. I don't know if it was a jelly bean or what it was. We had something in his hand that Coop was supposed to try and grab. Yeah, it was like a jelly bean or like a jawbreaker or something. Some. Yeah, just a little red dot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, They're also like they're racing. They're both wearing crop tops at this point. (laughs) Gene wears a crop top the whole movie. So it's like, I guess. Since Coop is learning from him, he has to wear a crop top, too. It, it, you know, you want to emulate your mentors the best you can. Your sensei, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we then see Coop going to what looks like a group therapy or AA or something. <laughs> uh, then Coop finally beats Gene in a foot race, and they're both just like, yeah, and freeze frames. I love a good freeze frame when it's not required in a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Victor finally makes it back to camp. Neil is right behind him on the motorcycle. Although, again, like he pulls up and it's clearly not Neil. Yeah, it definitely it's definitely the stuntman or, um, you know, Michael Showalter dressed up as him doing the stunts. But it does a pretty good cowboy switch where it like pans over to Beth, and she's like, "Neil, thank God you're back" or something, and then it pans back over and it's Joe Latruglio. Yeah. You know, no cut, but, you know, a, yeah, like you said, a good cowboy switch. Yeah. Uh, but Neil's screaming about how the kids are about to go over Devil's Rapids, and only Victor knows how to navigate those rapids. And so they're all, like, freaking out and screaming, and the phone rings. And I love the phone rings. Beth picks it up and goes, it's him! Doesn't say hello. <laughs> doesn't give time for anyone to say anything. Just picks no, up the phone and goes, him. it's him! And they're Ooh. like, they're like, the call is coming from inside the camp. <laughs> I guess this is where the sleepaway camp may have. Maybe. Maybe, but it's more streamish. But they're like, the only other phone is in the infirmary. So they run into the infirmary and they just start knocking everything off all the counters, opening the the drawers and throwing everything off. This would have been such a fun scene to film. You could only do it once, though, with this budget. They're just like, where's the phone? It's in the back. It's in the back. And they run into the back and the phone is off the hook. And so they just start breaking everything again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Victor runs up on Abby, who is making out with Moose, who is one of the campers. He's not a counselor. Yeah, he's 10 or 11. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Victor's just like, Abby, I'm back. And she's like, this is going to sound really shallow, but what was your name? (laughs) Victor... And he's just like we were supposed to we were supposed to hook up and she's like well you, you snooze you lose dude you know you can't argue with that logic yeah we then see the the, the science kids playing with their well not playing they're using their skynet tracking device like kevin said made, made up of spam cans and donuts and trash can yeah and it like spits out this little piece of paper henry looks at it and goes oh fuck my cock <laughs> all but right he, then he tells beth that this 
uh, this thing's going to land directly on the rec hall in the next 90 minutes, which of course is where the talent show is being held. And it's just starting and it's supposed to run for how long? Uh, roughly 90 minutes. What a quinky dink. So they have to evacuate the rec hall. Meanwhile, back at Devil's Rapids, we don't see Victor save the kids. No. <laughs> he also, just like gets out of the van or the motorcycle and he's like, oh, good, you got them. Yeah, he, he runs off frame and we just the camera just stays on Neil and he's just like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're doing that. Oh, you're, you're saving them. You're doing it. You're really doing it. Oh, you got him. You saved him. Good job. And then they just come out of the woods on a trail. <laughs> yeah. And, and Victor's, none of them are wet either. <laughs> yeah. Victor's completely dry and clean. Like just, just a minute ago, he was covered in blood and dirt. And now he's perfectly clean. <laughs> and he's like, next time we go camping, you drive the van. And they're both like, ah, oh. <laughs> this cheesy sitcom laugh. Oh, you. Uh, Henry determines that they can redirect the Skynet piece, but they would have to somehow randomly generate a number between 1 and 20 repeatedly to calibrate the differential, which sounds like science, but also sounds like bullshit. I don't think, I don't know what calibrate the differential means, but it sounds like just big words for the sake of big words. I think you can calibrate the differential in a car. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But I don't think that's the same thing. No, remotely not the same thing. <laughs> but it's the only time I've ever heard that term. But they're like, you know, the, the only way to do that would be to have some kind of supercomputer, which is hilarious now because you could just do it on your phone. Yeah. But one of the kids, of course, is a D&D level whatever dungeon master. Double master beter guy kid. Probably. Constantly. But he's like a good dungeon master never goes anywhere without his... 20-sided die. Dun, dun, dun. We see Beth run into the um, rec hall to warn everybody. And she's like, I have some bad news. My bad news is. And two of the kids tackle her and they, you know, say, oh, we're going to redirect the Skynet piece. It's it's not going to hit the rec hall. And she gets up and she goes, there is no bad news. Just joking. The bad news is there's no bad news. (laughs) And everyone starts laughing. Ben's like, good one, Beth. Oh, you scamp. <laughs> um, we're then introduced to the host of the night's festivities, Alan Shemper, who is also played by Michael Showalter. And I love this character so much. <laughs> this is who you should have been as for Halloween. Oh, still could. There's still time. There's many characters you guys did not touch. That's right. Uh, he starts joking around. He's like, you know, I went to sleep away camp so long ago. It was the Stone Age. Just kidding. It was the Ice Age. <laughs> and everybody's dying. Yeah. He's like, it was so long ago. We had to eat scrambled pterodactyl eggs and raptor bacon. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't even have cots. We had slabs. <laughs> we had sleeping pelts. That could be cozy. Good, kind of warm. Uh, he then introduces the first act, Roger the Master Broom Balancer. <laughs> and just, this kid just comes out and just like holds a broom in the palm of his hand, you know, like bristles up for, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. If that, yeah, it's quick. <laughs> <laughs> and just, 
and then just drops it and everyone cheers. Yay. And then there's this next kid who, uh, he's just like, I don't remember the exact joke, but it's one of those like white people do it like this and black people do it like this jokes. And he's this like nerdy white kid who probably shouldn't be making those kind of jokes. No. And he's got like the, uh, the old, the old school poker visor thing on with like Christmas lights on it. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Um, and then the last act is Bert Flugelman, AKA moose whose talent is he lights a fart. I've never seen that live. Oh, I have. My uncle used to do it all the time. Oh, it works. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Well, my cousin tried it and lit his pants on fire. Oh, <laughs> well then, uh, Ron shows up who, like you said, is Judah Friedlander dressed <laughs> like a used car salesman. Like it's <laughs> this terrible tweed jacket. Oh, it's corduroy. So I don't know if it was corduroy or what, but it was bad. Whatever it was. I, I, it looked uncomfortable and itchy. That's, that's what it was. Yeah. But he, he tells Gail to take him back. He says he made a big mistake and she, uh, she tells him to go to hell. And yeah, like first she like looks at Aaron. He's like, you know, like, yeah, be strong, be strong. You can do this. So she tells him to go to hell and all the kids clap. Yay. Uh, then it's now time for Susie's drama group to do their God spell. Uh, but Susie comes up and goes, before we start, I'd like to say the campers you're about to see suck dick, but please <laughs> welcome them. Oh God. Uh, they then sing the song day by day and everyone starts getting into it. They're all like clapping to the beat and swaying back and forth. Singing along. Yeah. And then as soon as they finish, everyone just boom. Yeah. They get booed mercilessly. And then um, I love Alan Shepard comes back out and he's like, that's one of my favorite songs day by day. <laughs> I wonder if he has ever done a podcast. <laughs> um, and then he talks about, you know, back in his day, they used to do arts and crafts or as we called it arts and farts and crafts. <laughs> Just killing. When we did it, it was we did drawings, cave drawings. Back in my day, we used to say sticks and stones may break my bones and mean it. <laughs> I went to it's camp cool. so long ago. Fucking Jesus Christ was my counselor. <laughs> my, my best friend hadn't fully evolved yet. His name was Ugg, and he walked on all fours. <laughs> His timelines are so all over the place. <laughs> But Coop shows up, and I, I he's supposed to be cool looking, I guess. He's He's got the crop top and the tiny shorts. His hair is like slicked back and with a sweatband. But everyone looks at him like he's just like, oh, Coop's looking good. Yeah, he's like, did he see how Sergio Ramos dresses? <laughs> but he gives Katie a gift. It's this tiny little box, like, like a bracelet-sized box. Yep. And she sits down and opens it. And pulls out his flannel. Like his flannel was in this tiny little box. Uh, Steve comes out. And he he just kind of stands there nervously. And Gary yells, do something. And JJ says, or get the fuck off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) But he just like, he stands there. He's wearing these sunglasses and white gloves. And he just puts his hands out. And kind of like starts shaking. And all of a sudden, the whole 
rec hall starts shaking and this wind just comes out of nowhere and it's just blasting people off their off their seats throwing everyone's hair back um katie runs after coop tells him that she loves him we then we see the uh the science kids doing their 10 or their 20-sided die gimmick and eventually the piece of skynet lands off to the side in a field yay the town is saved or the camp is saved (laughs) Steve ends his wind thing and uh, JJ starts cut to the next morning. Uh, Henry has received the, the Hopkins award, which and it's just like, it's a trophy. Like it looks like a bowling trophy or something like, Exactly. It's a participation trophy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also got a job at Cape Canaveral. Just like that. Yeah. Again, In 1981. Like they heard about this overnight somehow. <laughs> uh, and he asked Beth to come with him. And at first she's just like, you know, I, I, I can't. And he says, it's, it's, it's okay. You know, I told them to fly you out here every summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she agrees to move to goddamn Florida. Ew. Uh, we also find out that she's pregnant. Somehow in those 12 hours. I was going to say, again, like just like that. It uh, happens. Gail and Aaron walk up and they, they invite Beth and Henry to their wedding next week. <laughs> All right, guys, I shouldn't have to explain this to you, but do not marry children. Do not bathe children. Do not marry children. <laughs> this is not Utah or Alabama. Don't. Uh, we see Gene just kind of give the can of vegetables a, a knowing nod. <laughs> and it nods back. And it nods back. <laughs> uh, Coop comes up to Katie and she's like, all right, you know, let's let's do this thing for real. And she's like, oh, no, I'm going back to Andy because, you know, he's really hot. Paul Rudd like, is hot. She's like, sure, I like you more, but I'm 16 and all about sex and with Andy and not you. And he's chiseled out of a piece of marble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she, she gets in a car with Andy and drives away. Andy and, had a driver uh, somehow. Yeah. Who was he with? I was don't it, know, but. Maybe it was their, his parents picking him up. Or that guy was like old and fat. I, I, I have no idea who the fuck that dude was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know either. Uh, but then Coop. It's like an aerial shot, and Coop walks away with somebody. I think it was Beth, but I'm not sure. I, yeah, I thought it was Beth, but I couldn't tell who he was walking away with. And then, then, like, you know, the shot's still going up, but they just stop at the end of the cabins for some reason. <laughs> but it fades to black, and that's the end of the movie. Other than halfway through the credits, uh, it comes back and it says 10 years later. And we see JJ walk in, and he says, sorry, I'm late. I thought we said 930. And Susie says, no, we said nine, so we could be here by 9.30. And that's it. That's the end. That's the whole scene. And film. Like I said before, I fucking love this movie. Like, I dressed up as these characters for Halloween. Obviously, I love this movie. Obviously. And it's it's so funny. It's so good. And, like, it's it's such a great mix of just, like, dumb comedy and just like beating you over the head with stuff. But then there's also just like the subtle 
little things that, like I said, they're blinking, you miss it. Yeah, you really have, like, it's a movie you don't think you have to pay attention to, but you should definitely pay attention to things that are happening in this movie. Yeah, and there's things that, like, you, you'll miss the first time, or, you know, I've seen this movie, God, I don't know how many times, and I... I don't know if I missed them or if I forgot about them, but like the, the little things that I'm just, just crack me up. Like the the glass breaking when Beth loses the trowel head. Like it's a thing that doesn't need to be there. And that's what makes it funny. And she obviously corpses because for some reason, I don't think that was supposed to happen because she's just like, you know, just gently kind of shaking it. And all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. the, top of the, the top of the shovel flies off. And, the, and they're probably like, oh, fuck it. Just add some, glass breaking sound effects here. And like I said, as many times as I've seen this movie watching it, uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, um, when Henry is just like, I said, no, no, I I lost it. I just (laughs) laughed my ass off. I don't remember him doing it. The last time I saw this, I saw it a couple years ago. Um, you know, I've seen this movie like five, six times, um, up until today. So probably six or seven now. And I don't remember that at all. Or like, can you wait here for 10 seconds? (laughs) (laughs) And like, like all these people make sense except David Hyde Pierce. Like I never pictured David Hyde Pierce being this funny. No. I mean, he's great as Niles Crane. Um, He won Emmys for it at this point. But yeah, him being in like a slapstick comedy like this, I bet that's where most of the budget went. Actually, <laughs> I think about it. Was he? He yeah, he's probably the most well-known name at this point, right? Yeah, him and I would say Molly Shannon and Christopher Maloney were probably the three biggest names in this movie at the time. Yeah, and everybody else is pretty much an unknown. Yeah, Although as far looking as at this, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, as far as like quotability this is a movie that you can quote without context as long as other people know it like literally i will just text tony and just say arts and farts and crafts that works and he'll just he'll text back cave drawings cave drawings (laughs) cave drawings (laughs) it's yeah the the humor is dumb i'll admit that um and I, i assume that's why the critics don't like it but I it's love so it. It's so good. It's so good. Like these guys, like this, whole, the whole state, the people. I mean, I'm sad they didn't get Thomas Lennon in this. Like he is in a shit ton of other things with these guys, but not this. And I wish he was in this, even just for 10 seconds. Yeah. He's not in but the yeah. series, right? No, he's not. I don't think <sighs> he should be. No, he's in none of it. Yeah. He's in Viva Variety, the Reno 911s, the 10. Wainy Days, Party Down, Children's Hospital, and Burning Love. So he has done stuff with David Wayne. Yeah, yeah. He's done quite a few things. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't watched this movie, like, we, we told you to do it earlier. So at this point, I don't know what you're doing. We yeah, are not telling you for the it? second time to go watch this movie. Yeah, we've just, the whole spoiler alert is gone out the window now. And you guys yeah. can go fuck yourselves. And then go watch the series uh, there's there's two different series. There's First Day of Camp and Ten Years Later um, on Netflix. Go watch those two. They're they're even more ridiculous, but they're yeah they're so over the top. They're also very very funny. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen. Wasn't there like a bank heist or some shit as like one of the underlying plot lines to like one of these? I can't remember. 
I don't think so. I mean, one of them, I'll just tell you, Richard Nixon is trying to blow up Camp Firewood. Just because that makes sense. <laughs> Richard, Richard Nixon is played by Michael Showalter, and he doesn't look anything like Richard Nixon. No, not even remotely close. And Michael Ian Black plays George W. Bush. <laughs> Sorry, George H.W. Bush. George H.W. Bush, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's so... Go watch it. It's, go see it all. It's, it's, yeah, just just go do it. So And go rub some mud on your ass. Go smear mud on your ass and put on some dick cream. And uh, then head over to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review. Give us five stars. Put a little little something in the text box, whatever it is. You can just say, you know, I'm doing this because they told me to. You can say that uh, I'm going to go fondle my sweaters. That you have dick cream. Yeah. Say that you talk to a can of vegetables. Say that you suck your own dick a lot. I don't know. Literally yeah. say whatever you want. I don't care. As long as it's positive review. If it's a negative review, don't. Just don't. Although if you're still going to give us five stars, I don't know. Yeah. Don't give us anything below five stars. No. Then we will not be your friends. Do the five stars and then just say something. Yeah. Something. And then you can also follow us and chat with us on social media. We are at Cult of Splat on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I am at the Taylor Bartle on Twitter and Instagram. Kevin, you are where? I am at Kevin Nascota at um, what is that? Twitter, Twitter. and Nascota D U H at Instagram on Instagram. Whatever. There you go. Go chat us up. Uh, we would like to you know get some engagement going on those social medias we'd like to hear maybe some movies that you guys want to hear us talk about uh maybe some of your favorite rotten movies so go join us also make sure you check out cultofsplat.com uh we've got some merch up there and uh some other cool things you can listen to all all the old episodes and all the other ones yeah yeah what episode is this is it 20 it's 19 or 20 there's a lot ish. You, you can't listen to them all in one day. Well, maybe you could. That's up to you and, you know, what you want to do with your life. I spent it over a couple days at least. Maybe one long road trip. Sure. Do whatever you want. I don't know. Take a road trip. It's the summer. Go to camp. Listen to our podcast. That's right. Do all that. Don't marry a child, though. Do yeah. not marry a child. Or, or bathe one, unless it's yeah. your child. Yeah. But then don't be weird about it. Yeah, don't, no. Don't take pictures. This is not the 80s anymore. We don't need to see your goddamn kids in bathtubs anymore. No one wants to see that, Marge. <laughs> Uncle Jack. Yeah, especially Uncle Jack. Uncle Jack, stay out of the bathroom when I'm taking a shower. I'm 40 years old now, goddammit. <laughs> okay, we're going to leave, so... Peace. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Uh, Hope to see you next week. See ya. Bye.